saw that, or I just remembered that I saw it, and now I got it doing it. I need a timer. Matt, I got one for you to start working on. Okay. Potato salad. Sean made a potato salad last week that was awesome. Oh, I'm not a big potato salad fan, so. Tyler, you can make potato salad. Yeah, I mean, peppers, onions, pickles. What else was in there? Like green onions. I think there might have been a shallot. I was like, God damn, this is good. Yeah, potato salad's never done it for me. Um, I've tried it in the last few years. Like people say, like, oh, shit change, and like you know, like, nope, still don't like it. But macaroni salad, whoo, man, that's a good picnic barbecue if you got both choices. But I'm always going macaroni salad. It's just underrepresented out there. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on this one, friend. I go potato salad every day of the week over potatoes or macaroni salad. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we need to go to a party with both. We'll both be set. Well, well, well. All roads lead back to Cobb to decide. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I don't know what's in a macaroni salad. I'm definitely a macaroni and cheese guy, though. What, what's in there, Matt? Dude, I don't even know, man. That's the problem. There's like obviously macaroni and like mayo or something and i think there's some olives in there a lot uh god dude do you ever just stop and just listen to what stoners we sound like <laughs> like god i don't even know bro it's this crazy salad man well this yeah but macaroni salad and potato salad are different depending on who makes them <laughs> so that's a fair <laughs> comment that he doesn't know okay Whew. all right dodge the bullet well, there my bad we're not stoners <laughs> I mean, look, I'm a stoner, but unless I'm physically stoned, then I'm like, this is this a stoner conversation? Like, now we're just that. Dude, that was just like you were talking about last week with like your stoner comedies or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I realized I always do that with metal. There's a genre of metal called stoner metal. And I just think all metal is stoner metal because it all sounds like it, the good metal just sounds awesome when I'm stoned. And it's like, they're like, that's not a stoner metal band, dude. You just get stoned and listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not, there's a problem. That's, you're the problem. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, we ready to rock? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good day. You are listening to a podcast, but this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. All this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tits. Starring the tits. Start. The, uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right, welcome back to another The Home episode of The Podcast. I'm your host, uh, as I always am with this here podcast, The Ted Smith, greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. Uh, to the upper left of me goes my name is Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? Your boy is vaxxed, waxed, and ready to party. What's up, boys? Did you already get two doses? Uh, here's the thing. I, I'm pretty sure that my girlfriend got Corona in January and I live with her. When I got my vaccine, I got very sick. So I'm effectively at two doses, but technically not. So my other one's in like five days. And no, I didn't actually wax myself, but I did trim my chest hair, boys. Oh, nice. I'm due. Vax wax and ready for summer. Yeah, I got I to gotta get Matt over here to trim up the back. All right. Speaking of trimming up backs. Uh, mctv matt comer the producer what's up matt yeah i mean you know it's not some of my specialty it's just kind of a side hobby that i'm naturally talented at dude you can just say my guy i gotta get my guy over 
<laughs> well, all right. So as long as we're talking about vaccines, we should be back next week, but I am getting my second dose next week, like a week from today in the morning. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. All right. I could have mentioned that to you guys off the podcast. Too. That's all right. Those second doses can be a little questionable, although you do exercise regularly. And I've seen uh, some pretty remarkable, like lack of negative side effects of the vaccine with my clients. And that's the one thing they all have in common, purely anecdotal. But, you know, just knowing that that's that's how you live now. I feel good. Yeah, I'm not really sweating it too much. And then people are like, I don't know. I heard that second one. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I was talking to uh, somebody in my doctor's office and was making an appointment. And I was like, I was like, that Friday works. And I was like, I'm getting my second dose that week. And they were like, which day? And I was like, Tuesday. And they're like, yeah, you'll be fine by Friday. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, I'll be fine by Friday. I thought it'd be fine on Wednesday. <laughs> Dude, I, I was down for three days. It felt like a light flu, like not terrible, but definitely didn't feel great. Which one'd you get? Moderna. I'll see. I'm all about that Pfizer, baby. I'm an mRNA guy. Wait, oh, I think Pfizer was mRNA too. <laughs> Matt, Wait, oh yeah, uh, weren't you about to get the Johnson and Johnson and then they like canceled it like the day of or whatever? Was that you? Yeah, that that morning yeah, they canceled. I, <laughs> I was like, man, I was I was kind of counting on that one hit or quitter just be done. <laughs> yeah, that'd be dope. That's the one I'm looking for. But I've just not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not the most I'm proactive and it's not like super I'm not having a super easy time finding them I've looked sometimes and then it's like vaccine finder says they're all over the place and then you go to the actual like Rite Aid website and they're like yeah not really like <laughs> try again tomorrow or whatever and so yeah vaccinefinder.org just sent me to a bunch of like individual ones that then gave me the hassles that I was expecting and there's not the availability for me to you know I'm, I'm not a real go-getter about this thing either, but I'm not like anti-vax by any measure. I'm just like, I'll quarantine. It's fine. I've been, been at this for a while. Dude, I took a casual approach too. A little more availability down there in Austin? Oh, sorry. I thought uh, Ted had something to say. Uh, yeah, man. It's honestly really easy to get one here. There's, they're doing like, I think it's 50,000 of them a week at the Formula One track near my house. Um, but then I went to like just a local hospital thing. Very easy to get them. They, they, they're just pumping people through in Texas. Yeah, I was going to say, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure like, like Tacoma Dome is open for like weeks now. <clears throat> and you can just like show up and get a shot. Wow. Yeah. We're trying to, we're trying to get things moving by the summer, which would be nice. Pretty impressive uh, how they've mobilized all that. Sorry. I think Cobb technically it's the track of the Americas. Circuit of the Americas. Coda. Come on, Ted. Ted, actually, dude, dude. Okay, you're an F1 fan. Sorry to talk about this on the cast, but so you know the show on Netflix that you and I both like, yeah, How yeah. to Survive, whatever. So apparently now two things have happened. So one, it was one of the most watched shows on Netflix. So because of that, this season, uh, season three, Ferrari and Mercedes are on the show, where before they refused the top two teams for people who don't know. And then number two, last Formula One race. Uh, Ferrari is not one of the top two teams anymore. Well, oh yeah. Okay. They were in, yeah, yeah. Well now, yeah. Okay. Well, they were in the first two seasons. Anyway, it, actually that's an important detail. That's fair. But, like, saying, but trust me, the last five years has only been Red Bull and Mercedes. 
I thought uh I thought Ferrari was number two in season two. Is that not true? No, nah, man. It's all about it's we- like that's 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 the problem with F one is that it's been a little boring because it's literally been Red Bull and Mercedes. Like I'm pretty sure Red Bull and Mercedes are the only teams that have won a championship in like six or seven years. I mean, it's still a big deal to drive the Ferrari car because it's the Ferrari name, but I'm not giving those Italians that much credit. Yeah, you might be right. I'm scrolling through. It looks like, <laughs> oh, this is by race. Yeah, you're right. Mercedes, Red Bull, Mercedes, Red Bull, McLaren. It looks like Ferrari got, dude, is that the last Grand Prix they won was in 2007? It's always tough when we have to scroll through these things quick. Uh, I think you're right. Anyway, Red Bull whatever. Now Ferrari and Mercedes are given access, but the point of my story is they had the most US viewers since 1995 at the last event, 800 something thousand people in the US watched the Formula 1 race. Because of that, the US is getting another race. Oh, nice. I didn't even know that. What city do you guys think would work well for Formula 1? You got to think like I mean, think about Europe. It's sexy, oh, it's Miami. posh. You got it. Miami. <laughs> Dang, that was quick, dude. <laughs> you weren't even like, well, is Amazon HQ2 going to be in Dallas because of this or uh-huh. Indianapolis? You're like, Miami, where and, the bikinis are tiny and the music pumps. Pitbull. And that was breaking news to you just now when Cobb said that, right, Ted? Yeah, I just I know enough about F1 that like they run on tracks or if they run in a city, it's like Monaco, Shanghai. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They run in like, I'm all about the city sport, the city tracks. Yeah. Those kind of cities. Yeah. And Monaco, man, when is Monaco? I want to say, oh no, Monaco's coming up either way. There's a, that's always a big race. I mean, it's, it's probably the most famous race in F1. Definitely. Actually, the Ferrari thing is wild. I just watched a movie last night on Le Mans, like the 24 hour race in France. So like, technically they call like the greatest, uh, what's like the greatest, like spectacles and auto racing are what Le Mans, the Indy 500. And then is there an F1 race they put in there? I don't know, but Monaco is definitely the most famous. Yeah. So uh, the Ferrari thing's wild. Like uh, Enzo Ferrari started with, with uh, oh, help me out here, Cobb, Italian car maker, (laughs) Alfa Romeo. Oh yeah. So, this is actually a good piece of history. So back in the day, car racing got really big. Like basically the car gets invented around 1900 or whatever. And like car racing starts pretty soon after that. Like it starts with like a dude racing a horse. And then like in America and stuff, like they start racing and everything. And it becomes this massive spectator sport. Also ridiculously dangerous. <laughs> like it was just kind of a <laughs> thing. Like a dude would die at a race. God. So Ferrari works for Alfa Romeo, but Alfa Romeo is like, this is after World War I. It's like, well, we want to concentrate on the cars, not as much racing. So he kind of puts his name on Ferrari. So then for years, the Ferraris are doing great. And then uh, <clears throat> he's going to break away and have his own team and not be with Alfa Romeo. And the only rule is he can't make a car for four years. Those four years happen to time up with World War II. So then after World War II, he starts like selling cars and like selling race cars to other people. And in America, they ran the races because if your car won a race, people would buy it, whether it's Ford, Chevy. 
Oh, yeah. Enzo Ferrari was such a psycho in particular about his race car, his specific car, that like when he finally had to start selling Ferraris to normal people, he like did it begrudgingly. He did not want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So then you have years where it's just like Ferrari's just dominating all the big races. And then finally Ford, the American companies kind of had a pack that were like, we're not going to put money into racing this and that. But those those guys over at Chevy brought out the Corvette and it's just dominating the 500 in Daytona. That's what it is. There's a 12 hour race in Daytona or 24. That's the other big one. So then finally Ford's like, all right, let's put some money into it. Like that's where you get like Carol Shelby who had won a bunch of races gets involved. But, and then for a minute Ford almost linked up with Ferrari to make race cars, but it went bad. And then it just starts this freaking rivalry. That was awesome. Dude, that's super cool. I, I know very little about race history. I just know that the uh, some of the bootleggers, like their cars were all, there's some of the early ones that were souped up. And so they would use those for racing, you know, because you'd have like a V8 in like a tiny car or whatever to outrun the cops and because you have to carry all that liquid. So yeah, dude, that's pretty cool, man. It's funny, growing up in the Northwest, I feel like racing just barely is even on the map for me. But as I get older, you know, you appreciate it more and more, man. Pretty cool. Yeah, so NASCAR, right, that's why they race stock cars, because it started from the bootleggers. Like, some of the original dudes that raced in Daytona were all bootleggers. <clears throat> that's pretty dope. <clears throat> yeah, and, like, there's things we don't even think about. But, like, uh, what was it? What was I going to say? Like, for, when Ferrari put the engine behind the driver, they were like, you're insane. Like, that's never going to work. And now you're just kind of used to seeing really fast race cars with the engine behind them. Yeah, totally. Same with uh, Porsche. Wait, so... um. Dude, what was I about to say? The, um, oh, I lost it. There it goes. Yeah. The, the show I watched was called the 24 hour war. Dude, that sounds super cool. It's yeah. like, oh yeah. Um, are you, are you pro? Okay. So there's like, all right, there's, there are racing events where everyone has the same car and there are racing events where everyone part of the game of the race is to try to make the best car. Which do you prefer? Uh, I mean, do you mean like an F1? Like all the cars have to be within certain, like, I think there should be limitations on what you can do to the cars. I mean, like F1, there's some parameters, but you have a lot more leeway than you do with like a stock car, for instance. Yeah. Well, I mean, trust me, and I'm not taking a shot here, but from the state of Washington, like probably the best race car driver ever was, uh, Casey Kane, right? Kane. Yeah. But then a few like years ago, like he kind of got in some troubles. They were like, ah, he might be cheating a little bit with his car. And I don't know that he ever got back to where he was before that. So, yeah, I mean, dude, it's just it's freaking insane what they do with those things. And like a little amount of wind like matters a ton. And it's just it's wild. Like, yeah, like you're always I mean, that's part of car racing, auto racing. You're always pushing that edge, but you don't want to be cheating or get caught. But yeah, so that's what I'm saying is, are you in favor of everyone having the same car or in favor of part of the game is that you get to mess with your car? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm a little confused by the question. So we're agreeing F1 is all the same car, but you get to mess with it. So I think I'm kind of in no, favor of both. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, really, it is a question of degree. I mean, technically in, Na- in stock car or NASCAR, anyone who's a real fan is, 
just hating me right now, but in NASCAR, obviously it's there, the cars are stock and they're all similar, but you can make variations to it. Um, and same with formula one. So really, I guess what I was saying in terms of matters of degree is I think in formula one, you have more control over the design of your car and some of the pieces on it versus in stock car. It's a, a tighter set of parameters or a more, you know, a more out of the box setup. So I guess my question for you is like, would you prefer a race where people can just build whatever the hell they want or have more leeway at least, or one where everyone's in like exactly the same car at the beginning, you just go grab a set of keys and everyone's racing the same platform. Everyone's in Ford focuses. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the end of the day, like, I mean, that's the thing with like F1 and Mercedes, right? They just have a better car, but also like Lewis Hamilton's a good driver. So for me, I like a race where the cars are pretty much even and you can find out who's the best driver who's got the better team, who has a smarter idea of <clears throat> when to expand fuel, when to pit, when to, you know what I mean? Like to me, that's so what you feel like you feel like Lewis Hamilton has an advantage right now, right? Uh, he has an, he has had an advantage for the last few <clears throat> five or six years. I think Red Bull is caught up. Well, and also, I, I, I don't know if Lewis you've watched a better driver than Max is. I don't know if you, have you watched the first episode of season three? I'm already done with it, Brad. Oh, I love it. Well, I just saw that in the first episode, that one guy, that one team like copied possibly um, Lewis Hamilton's car. And I don't know how that whole thing winds up, but, you know, do you think, well, I guess, yeah, you would know whether it negates the advantage or not. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. That's not just the easy, like this way or that way. It's kind of, it's, it's very specific because you're right. You can't copy somebody else's car. Now you can say, you can't, like, if you design a car, I can't hire you away and hope you end up designing the same kind of car. But they were just pissed off because they're like, you guys just designed the same car and put your decals on it. Well, and that's the thing is, there's got to be an optimum car, right? Like, there's the best possible car anyone can build. And the closer you get to that, the more it's in your favor to tell people they can't build a car like yours, even if they come to the same conclusions, either on their own or from copying you. So it's like this weird evolution. You know what I mean? But there's some optimum setup. Sure. Well, I mean, think about it like our podcast, right? There's got to be thousands of three dudes that do a podcast, right? So you can have the same sure. format and everything. But all of a sudden, if you have a podcast and you've got me on it, and then I have two other dudes, it's like, well... You just took Ted away and put, you know what I mean? That's why you can't exact copy a car, but you have the same basic formula. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, My question is, which is a better race? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm still not positive if we made that conclusion. Because there are races, there are some races that you can just show up with your car and race. They can be whatever they want. Right. But ideally, most auto race, I mean, even if you watch drag racing, drag racing, right? Like, like on the street or whatever, or like uh, guys take their cars to a track on Saturday, like you try to match them up pretty close. Think about it like fighting. Like it's cool, the old school UFCs where it's just wide open. But at the end of the day, you want people fighting in like weight classes and you know what I mean? You try to make it pretty similar. That's true. And one of the issues with what I was talking about is the team with the most money wins, which I think has been a problem in formula one for a long time. And I'm in favor of that cap that's coming. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I mean, it's fun to see the drivers actually driving the cars. I mean, that's why you, I mean, that's why everybody loves Senna so much. It's just that like, he didn't always have the best cars or the best setups, but he was just an amazing driver and went out there and did it. Oh yeah. And he would drive the wheels off that thing. Man, people really never know what they're getting with this podcast, do they boys? No, I know. (laughs) What are they talking? I mean, trust me. Last weekend, my buddy Sean was giving me crap. He's like, you're watching NASCAR now? I'm like, I just check in. I go, look, I still don't drive. <laughs> check in. I hate driving, but I'm becoming weirdly obsessed with all types of auto racing. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody's like, what are you doing on Memorial Day? I was like, well, watching the Indy 500. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> Ted, you are a through and through sports fan, man. You were just talking to me when we got on this call about the Kentucky Derby coming up. And like, it's just like, no sport is too obscure. Pretty soon you're going to be like betting on Patty Power for like, you know, cricket matches and, you know, Gaelic football. Oh, trust me. There's a whole, whole other conversation with my league over in India right now. They're getting hit pretty bad by COVID. Some of the players are getting vaccines and people are like, hey, maybe we should give those to the citizens. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. Punjab Kings for life. <laughs> Kings 11, Punjab. <laughs> Boys, look, people people may know that we're not refined, but we sound pretty international talking about this stuff. <laughs> We've got teams all over the world, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing too, man. It's like, that's what I love about watching all these random sports is I don't speak a lot of languages, but with the sport, you can understand each other on some level. Oh yeah, the universal. We talked about the Super League last week, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, thank God. That already looks like a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You brought up the Kentucky Derby. I wanted to break, get into that. So the Kentucky Derby is a sporting event I've always wanted to go to. It just looks so nice and it just looks cool, right? Wearing seersucker, which I don't wear enough seersucker. So concert, game, is there an event you guys always wanted to go to, right? Like a Super Bowl or, I don't know, a music venue, Kentucky Derbies or something like that you guys have been thinking about. Dude, well, I have a couple of thoughts on the matter. First, I mean, it's it's um, serendipitous that you mentioned this because Monaco has been on my list for a long time. That's definitely my number one. At some point, I'm going to do Monaco. But similar to the Kentucky Derby, that's not really an event that you just show up in a t-shirt and you know watch from the peanut gallery. You talked a couple of weeks ago about going in and just slapping hundreds into everybody's hands. Like, Oh, thanks for grabbing the door for me. Boom. Hundred. Thanks for grabbing some tea. Boom. Hundred. Thanks for looking at me. Hundred. I feel like both of those events, if you're going to do them, you got to do them big, which is why I haven't done them yet. You don't go to the Kentucky Derby with a hundred bucks in your pocket. You got to go with like 5,000. I feel the same way about Monaco. Monaco feels Kentucky Derby feels approachable to me. Monaco feels totally out of my price range. So maybe in like, you know, my fifties or sixties, but I feel like, you know, if you're going to go, go correct. I also would like to do a stock car race at some point. I've narrowed it down to Daytona or Indy 500, but I'm not sure which. Um, and then, of course, one game at Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium in the pool. That's it. <laughs> I'm done. Dude, you get that pool rented for the goddamn cocktail party. I will love you forever. <laughs> Dad, you're coming, dude. It's me and Carl, man. It's going to be total chaos. <laughs> me, you, me, you, and Carl. There's three guys that have rented the entire pool. Uh, Matt? Um, 
Well, for I was going to say, I've been to Monaco, not for the race, though, but I was there for like a day on a Mediterranean cruise once. And even without the race there, that place, like, yeah, just felt very expensive. Like, it was the I most... I feel broke like, just talking about it. It was the most obnoxiously nice place I've ever seen. Um, yeah, because it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah. <laughs> Trust your instincts. I mean... Right, I mean <laughs> Right. When you watch Bond movies, like fucking James Bond looks cool because he hangs out in Monaco. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Um, so, yeah, it'll be overwhelming. I was going to say, in case you're wondering, the bottom package, I looked it up from Monaco, starts at like five G's and you have to buy two tickets. <laughs> and, you, and you have to buy two. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's just that's just to get into the city. Five figures in the door. Dude, yeah. my budget's already blown. Just straight up. I was like, I'm going to have five G's in my pocket. Maybe just, wow. All right. Back to the drawing board, boys. <laughs> well, I also want to go to Europe. It might be a little bit more attainable and you can wear t-shirts, but the metal festivals that they have over there are just on a whole other level. The lineups are crazy. The crowds are insane. Everybody like, Everybody brings their flag. So there's these like giant flags waving in the audience of like people travel from all over the world. And yeah, I just think a global metal event like that, even though it's hot, everyone's gross. It's not the most attractive crowd, like not a lot of chicks. Like I'm I'm well aware of all those things. It's still the bucket list item Um after seeing down uh, perform bury me and smoke on YouTube from download in 2009. If anyone wants to check that out, it's dope as hell. Yeah. And I'm with you because sometimes it's not just about like the specific event. So like I went to see the Seahawks, but I've been to Wembley and it's just like all the history between sports and music that's happened there. It's cool to have been like, Hey, Wembley, I've been there. You <laughs> at the Green Man pub? I was at the green man pub. Dude, so Ted, what's, what's, Knowing that you're the biggest sports fan on this podcast, you're getting to into obscure leagues like you know T20 cricket and whatever you're into in Europe these days. What's your ultimate event? I mean, for me, the Derby's pretty high up there. Obviously, I think the cool one of the cooler things would be go see like a World Cup final, like wherever. Oh it is. my god! Oh Just my because god. of the atmosphere, yeah. But like specific events, like I mean, the Derby's what's got me thinking about it. But I don't know. See, I was I was stuck on the Derby. I didn't even think of another one. Dude, honestly, World Cup. I mean, I feel like it can't be beat. It'd be cool to see. Um, be cool to see like one of the big four tennis tournaments too. You know, in person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think World Cup, like semifinals, finals, or going for the duration and seeing a bunch of games. That'd be sick, man. Especially a year where like. Actually, yeah, just where a team you like is making a run, you know? Like when the Netherlands was making that crazy run, like that would have been been rad. Yeah, tennis is a good one. I never really thought about tennis, but if I was going to pick, obviously Wimbledon's massive, but I like the Australian Open just because it's the dead of winter here and it'd be the middle of summer in Australia. I'd be like, yeah, let's go down there. Oh, yeah, and the best city on earth. And the courts are right in the middle of downtown. You're right by everything. Beautiful venue. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, so obviously everybody, well, not everybody. So Cobb knows this, Matt, you might know, but this morning they announced that <clears throat> Burning Man's officially off again this year. Oh, which, okay. So this is going to prove my point. Matt has not been to Burning Man. 
but the amount of text and like people sending me emails and tweets, like, did you see this? <laughs> I'm just like, it's hard to explain, but like, trust me, man, like any burner that's been to Burning Man knew that as soon as the announcement was made. <laughs> like, <laughs> we were like, like three hours later, like, did you see this? And I'm just like, trust me, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Dude, I, I think I for one think it's good that they're putting it off. It sounds like it was kind of half a go and half not, and it was going to be sort of a partial event. And we still don't know what the COVID situation is. It's like, dude, just, you know, let's be responsible. Let's wait a year and then hit it hard. Well, that's the thing too. Like with sporting events, you can physically keep people away from each other. But like I uh, ran into a friend that I know from Meltdown and uh, her and her boyfriend come to Meltdown the last few years. And I was like, Rachel, what do you think? She goes, I don't think they're going to have it. And I go, yeah, like number one, sporting events. Like, like I went to that Sounders match and I couldn't sit in my ticket group, right? But like we all sit together. But for a festival, like it's a group of people that are going to live together. Like you kind of need your whole crew. Yeah, and Burning on- Man is a sporting event where you are the ball. Right. And then on top of that, you're t- <laughs> when are you going to tell people to not get too close to each other? Like, yeah, I'm sure the dude on psychedelics is not going to be friendly and come talk to me. I just wanted to let you know how much I love you from six feet away with no physical contact. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, one of the best things about going to a festival is getting hugs from people. And, and when I say that, if you've never been to a festival like that, it's not even just at nighttime. Like sometimes during the day, you'll just be getting breakfast up at a stand and like somebody just like can i have a hug you got damn right you can have a hug get in here yep exactly just the love and the human connection man we all need more of that you know i think that's a universal like if that makes you less manly to admit that you should reshift your priorities it's, it's a really amazing thing out there because by like day three i would say you know i've just been hugging every like i've just asked obnoxiously attractive girls for a hug like it was nothing that i would not that would not fly on the streets you know and they're just like (laughs) yeah of course of course yeah my ass cheeks are hanging out of this shiny underwear but yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) but i wasn't like oh she's hot it was literally like an energetic thing it was after the as i as i was hugging i was like oh she's really hot here like but yeah, it's just it's just a different vibe, man, and I I miss it. Dude, I mean, I've told this story a hundred times, but to this day, one of the hottest females I've ever seen naked was outside the porta potties at my first Burning Man, and I'm just like using the little hand gel, and we're just chit chatting, and like same thing, like I'm not even looking up, I'm just chit chatting, and then when I look up, it's like the normal part of you is like Jesus, that woman's attractive, but it's like just keep chatting. <laughs> natural remember Act god natural. That, that, that makes me think of when actually i mean yeah never mind yeah like when we were having a conversation and i was wearing like green glasses you could see my eyes through so i couldn't look to the right <laughs> yes and those things were perfect i'm talking about <laughs> flawless probably 27 maybe 26 years old i don't know it was just God, it was like looking at the surface of the sun, Ted Smith. But you just had to carry on a casual conversation like everything was cool. I know. She, and she was loving it. She's just eating Ted, lunch, BSing with us. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, Ted, I could physically see you sweating. Like, that's how uncomfortable <laughs> you both were. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. All right. Uh, bumper shoot is off. Seafair is off. So, like, the other thing I would tell people that listen to our podcast. Wow. Yeah, it's just like 
we're we're getting farther along, but like this, like it's kind of like I said last year. Like people are like keep seeing seeming very disappointed. It's like this stuff shouldn't shock you. I'm shocked. Really? <laughs> and dude, Austin is like, or Texas is open, <laughs> and Austin is like maybe a week and a half, two weeks from going full YOLO and being open. I mean, they're saying now, like, if you've gotten your two vaccines, don't wear a mask anymore unless you're inside. I'm like, it's, it's starting to go down. I mean, I just watched 200 college kids at a bar with no masks the other day. And there's five of those bars on my street. Like it's, you know, the YOLO factor. Now that the sun's out, the YOLO factor is taking control in the Southern hemisphere or not the Southern hemisphere. Why are we talking about the Southern South of the Mason Dixon? I don't know. It is, but you got to keep in mind too, like, there's still a bunch of people that don't have vaccines, but also you got to think about when it comes to concerts and giant things like that is what company wants to put it on with the liability. I'm not saying I agree with it, Ted Smith. I'm just telling you the reality on the streets out here, which is that it's getting raw and it's getting real. and, And look, I get you, but it's not the same as like traveling to some big major event and then being like, I got COVID. So I'm just saying like, that's what I'm trying to tell people. Like, don't be surprised that like, Massive things like that are still getting postponed or canceled a year. So are um, are most of the Seattle event, events postponed or canceled so far from what you've seen? Like most of our big summer events? Yeah, I mean, the Mariners and Sounders are letting in like, what, seven or 9,000 people. But I, I have yet to see like a music festival or concerts. And there, there's wow. talk of like smaller venues having shows in like September and October. But that's that's the yeah. most I've seen. Like I have ACLs back on. What is Austin city limits in October? All right. October again. That feels responsible. Yeah. Yeah, That doesn't seem crazy, but yeah, it's going to, it's still going to be, you know, it just is what it is. I don't know. Even last year, like, 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 like I watch a lot of English soccer and whenever your team loses or gives up a bad goal, there's always your one friend that goes, ah, gut it, mate gutted yeah it's like we can't be gutted all the time we're in fucking 10 <laughs> i'm not saying we should expect to lose but also let's be realistic so like that's what I, that, that's my advice to people some events are going to get canceled this summer don't be like can't believe it got canceled like what what were you looking at learning <laughs> man mate got it got it damn it <laughs> tell you what i'm gutted about not taking enough breaks we're gonna take a break right now well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's about that time for some emails. Seven-year journey. Hey, boys. I've just been catching up with the podcast, and a few episodes back, you said it had been around seven years of podcasting now. That made me reflect on the journey that we've been on. I'm now 23, and I've been listening since day one, and I'd credit a lot of the man I am today to you guys from your pearls of wisdom, outlook on life, and book recommendations throughout the years. Shout out to the Slide Edge book. Thanks, bro. Uh, I've gone from a 16-year-old, ponytailed, awkward teenager unsuccessfully pursuing a career in music to this year when I am due to graduate from medical school in two months' time and move away with my fiancé to begin working as a doctor. Listening to you boys over the last seven years has been a joy and has taught me a lot. I never trust a man with two first names. Thanks, Ted. (laughs) I will always dance with the girl that brought me. Thanks, Cobb. Well, then, if you're saying thanks, Cobb, I should say thanks, Ted, because I can't (laughs) remember. (laughs) I hope to make it over to a The Podcast meetup one day and buy you all a drink. 
Cheers. And come on, you gunners. Harvey, the Englishman. Oh, thanks, Harvey. I like that. Yeah, tough days at the Emirates. Uh, yeah, trust me. Hopefully by next fall, we can have a get-together. As soon as it's okay, I, I am on it. I have asked, but I am not sure. Uh, again, you know, like many people in the world, I work for a giant company, and they are a little more cautious than I think normal people would be. Harvey, thanks for sending that email. That honestly is probably my favorite email we've ever received. That's, yeah, that's really cool. The Home Episode 44 Cobb Topic. Greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. The one thing I do very often uh, and makes me a happy guy is snowboarding. Since November 2020, I've been able to travel the state and visit all the mountains from Mount Baker to White Pass way down south. Uh, by your next episode, I've been on my last mountain for the snow season for a total of 45 days snowboarded this season. Come shred with me next year, boys. Cheers. Eli, the Stevens Pass Yeti. God damn, 45 days. That's awesome. The most I ever did in a season, I think, was like 21. Dang. Yeah, the most I've probably done in a season is like four. That's dope. Well, uh, I was going to say it helped because I was dating a girl that really liked the snowboard. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, dude, God, we've we seriously have been friends too long. I thought you were going to go, well, it helped that I was dating a girl who had a snow fetish. <laughs> oh, no, like she liked to snowboard. So when we dated, like in the wintertime, we went snowboarding. Oh, boy. <laughs> Seven years too many. All right. Uh, good ass badass. Gentlemen, the home episode 44 included two subjects on which my rampant delusions of grandeur compel me to provide input. All right. Sounds like we're probably wrong about some boys. First, the top topic regarding deeply satisfying daily regular activities. For me, eating a ton of fruits and vegetables and drinking, drinking lots of water. MCTP knows what's up. Hell yeah. About five years ago, I started making daily smoothies with five servings of spinach, two servings of mixed veggies, da 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 um, plant-based protein. Uh, if I go without them for a day or so, I feel a huge energy difference in, uh, or a huge difference in my energy levels and mood. <clears throat> Second, explaining the tension and violence in Northern Ireland uh, through the centuries of history and religious tensions make this a drastic oversimplification. Ultimately, the problem comes from trying to make the island of Ireland simultaneously a single unified entity while also having Northern Ireland remain part of the UK. One of the biggest tension causes of tension during the troubles were the checkpoints on the border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. Uh, EU member states don't have checkpoints in their border, so trade and people can flow freely. Da, 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 da. However, the law requires customs check. Let's see. Um, the next, the explanation got longer than I hoped, but international law, conflict, and trade are complicated subjects. Mm -hmm. As always, LARP on and Sea Town. What Carson the lawyer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Carson, that's I'm gonna hit you up next time I'm in Palm Springs. Oh, what's up, Ted? I was going to say that was a huge part of it when you have part of your island that's part of Britain in the, you know what I mean? Like, it's just weird to have taken like, by Britain. <laughs> 400 years of oppression, mate. Right. I'm just saying like that. It's easy to see that that's a giant issue when it's like, how are the rules all different just over here? And then you still have a bunch of the old Irish and Catholic people living in your English Protestant area. Yeah. I was asking my, my business partner's English and he was just, I mean, Jesus, he's Irish and he was in, he's going to kill me for that. 
he was in Austin last weekend and I was asking him about the stuff that's going on. And he was saying, it's just, it's getting crazy with petrol bombs and whatever. So it was always kind of the older people who were holding on to it. And our generation, people who are about 30 right now, um, weren't really into, you know, they, they could see past the, uh, past the BS and kind of learn to live as one. But now apparently the youngest generations, people who are in their teens are causing a lot of the trouble back and forth. All right. Well, you know, we get a little bit of NASCAR, a little bit of international politics. Ted, Smith family popcorn is the shit. We ordered white cheddar jalapeno, Tuscan joy and cheddar. They're amazing. And you and Migs are spot on. Cobb, I want to order from you next. Uh, what is the equivalent taste test? Local to East Coast, slugging it out showdown. Cheers, fellas. Hammer. Um, well, we also have a, a flavor called white cheddar jalapeno. I would imagine it's similar. Um, honestly, our top dog is probably our brown butter and sea salt. It's the only one that I've seen that no company really comes close to in terms of style. Um, and our vanilla salted caramel most people say is to die for. So that's what I would go with. Um, Brown butter see. is very good. That's my personal mm. favorite. Yeah. It's kind of like a fancy movie theater popcorn to the greatest podcast in all the land, all the land, all the land catching up on the podcast. I heard Ted say that he hates picnics. I was the same way when I was single, but after meeting my, <laughs> my wife, she turned me on to the urban picnic. That's what we call it. Whenever we're walking around the city or anywhere and decide to eat outside. We don't bring our food or drinks, but saddle up and order something from somewhere that has outside seating. It's been very easy finding places during the pandemic. Neither one of us are big on sitting on the ground, eating food among the ants and dog piss, but give us a, a table in the sun and some day drinking and we're in. I think Ted's dating profile should be a showcase of public soccer, day drinking and festival life. Show them the many different Ted's available. Shannon. Yes. A guy. Yeah, I mean, look, you want to sit outdoor of a bar and like get get some food and drink. Like, I'm fine with that. But, bro, that is not the picnic I was talking about. I'm talking about blanket. You got a picnic basket. Like, we we've pre-made sandwiches and like I don't know. I just feel like I'm annoyed by bugs. Uh, that's true, man. Crushing beers in the parking lot of sluggers. I don't think qualifies as a picnic. That was yeah. so funny. I mean, the but guy's like. I disagree, but also I love picnics. Let me just describe Ted's perfect Saturday for you. Right. I'm like, yeah, that kind of picnic in. <laughs> Dude, I will say this though, you know, the the lines that separate your least favorite environment from your most favorite are very slim. If you think about the difference between the real differences here between a picnic and a tailgate. Not much. Not much. True. I, mean, I guess it because a tailgate, a lot of your food's kind of pre-made. You're on concrete, which some would say is not preferable to grass, but it's just a different energy. It's a different vibe. So, yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's like the conversation I've had at Burning Man before. People are like, I don't really like sports. I remember the first year, and I was like, yeah, but tailgating is kind of the original festival. You set up your little area, you cook some food, you got some drinks, you brought some chairs, you're going to hang out with the people next to you. So you're right. Like, I don't disagree. Yeah, I just. And don't get me wrong, like, look, if we go and, I don't know, work out outside and then we're sitting there looking at a lake for 20 minutes, cool, right? I mean, look, I, I have wasted million hours laying in grass, but I'm just like, our Saturday, the whole day is just going to sit somewhere in grass to eat a sandwich? Like, I'm just not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> 
What if you could bring a cooler of Miller Lite, Ted? Can I sit on the cooler? Oh, I mean, at some points, I'm sure, but also some blanket time. Yeah, I guess that's my main issue. I'm just like, man, I don't know. I just don't have a lot of good experiences sitting on a blanket next to a lake. That's a rough <laughs> conversation. It's like, pretty sure I broke up once on a picnic. <laughs> oh, <laughs> past trauma. I thought your, your question was going to be, how hot is she? But yeah, past trauma. <laughs> See, now we're digging down and we're getting into the real reason that Ted Smith hates picnics. This is good, boys. It's like group therapy. <laughs> what kind of sandwich did you have, Ted? Did she see it coming? I don't know. It was ham and I had asked for turkey. That's why we're done. <laughs> Dude, you're probably better off, frankly. It's good to cut the cord early. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point, though. Like, I hate picnics. And at some point, I don't know if Cobb's going to keep or Matt's going to keep it in there. He probably will. But like earlier today, I was like, man, my buddy made an amazing potato salad. I mean, it's oh. just good. <laughs> like, I think that's a standard on picnics. <laughs> Definitely. That's true. It's true. I mean, let's just get down to it. All right. Look, right. If you said, hey, we're going to sit outside. And you're right. If we sit outside for hours tailgating, cool. basically, a picnic just doesn't have a sport. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I like turkey yeah, sandwiches, right? I like potato salad. I like charcuterie. I like everything involved with the picnic. I just don't like the setting. Well, and tailgate, you know, you're crushing beers. There's the possibility that there'll be some fresh grilled food. There's other people to deal with. A picnic is a little bit more of a, like, you dance with the girl who brought you type of situation. Very yeah. intimate. And, and again, three months from now when I'm dating a girl, like I always say when it comes to, like, I hate big weddings. Like, all this means nothing <laughs> if I'm dating a girl and she's like, I love picnics. It's like, honey, I love picnics. Meet me at the park, babe. <laughs> I'm the original picnic guy. Come on. Get your ass, get your ass to the park. <laughs> Ted, I love that you acknowledge that, man. So many guys just totally change when they start dating someone. You're like, what? I thought you, you said you hated potpourri. Yeah. <laughs> I think what you're looking owning. for is poopery and it's saving relationships. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take another quick break right here. And then we'll come back with uh, what's Matt and in the cop topic. All right, well, I know what I did last weekend. I'm wondering what he was up to. Let's check in with What's Matt. Hey, what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. Uh, before we get to What's Matt. Hey, what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. Check out What's Matt. Hey, what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. Uh, before we get to What's Matt. Hey, what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. Check out What's Matt. All right. Um... I'm trying to think what happened on the actual weekend. It wasn't super eventful on Thursday. Uh, our buddy, well, actually, yeah. One of someone we know came over with his son and, uh, you know, I, uh, I got to train a real human in person and, uh, you know, it's, but his son's 15. He's just getting into weightlifting. I was very excited to have like a real person in front of me. One of my favorite things that I've missed the most about the pan over the pandemic is in person with my clients to get them to feel stability and like engage their core and stuff and like really own their posture. I'll push them a little bit. Right. And just like tap them and like, don't fall over here. Stabilize. Right. It's a good like teaching aid. But I kind of like went in on that a little early to the 15 year old that I hadn't met. And I was like, 
I was just like mid, like you got stabilized. You got stable. It's like you met this guy like 15 minutes ago and now you're just like semi aggressively poking him. Uh, <laughs> so I was I overthought that one after the fact, but ultimately, you know, um, taught him a lot of stuff. You know, it's cool that he's into it. And like I might have over I probably overwhelmed him a little bit because we had a couple hours, but taught him a lot of like cool stuff that I think will you know, save him some learning, some growing pains, um, you know, in the weight room. And and hopefully, you know, depending on how much he listens to me, because at 15, like he's probably just going to keep he's going to do a bunch of benching and curling like way more than I told him to. Like, that was basically what I had to recognize. <laughs> like, um, so, you know, got him got him hooked up with some rows to add that. It's like, yeah, do you keep doing what you're doing? Add this stuff, please. You know, like, um, so yeah, it was it was a lot of fun uh, to get to train somebody in person over the uh, last week. But yeah, that was on Thursday weekend. Uh, oh, I've just been doing a bunch of chores, man. It's pressure washing season around here. It's fun as hell. <laughs> you just blast off like dirt stuff. It looks brand new. Um, I had to get up on the ladder. Well, that was today. But yeah, you know, M- Mitch and I are just like cl- cleaning up the joint. Um, actually, uh, I don't know if I should totally say this, but like, say it. Our the uh, house a couple doors down sold for uh over asking price in like a day for quite a bit of money, and it's been like, yeah, let's clean this place up. Like he's, we've just been very motivated by uh the the property, you know, the real estate market on the lake. Um, and don't so let, don't let Mitch sell, man. Right. He's like, like, do not get rid of that house. <laughs> I'll let him know. I'll let him know your guys' thoughts. I'm sure he'll be shocked. Don't clean that it you up don't too want much, him Matt. to sell this place. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So he's just like, just in case somebody wants to make me an offer, I can't refuse. Like, let's make sure the gutters are sparkling. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Just um, remind him it's his life. He's worked for it. It's his home. But tell him to think about Cobb and I. Think about can... Cobb and Ted before we do this, Dad. Yeah, any drastic... Think about the boys. Yeah. What do Cobb and Ted think? Yeah. All right. I will, I will make sure that is thrown into his decision-making matrix. And for the record, there's no intention there. Just just in case. It's a good excuse. You know, the weather's turning. We got to do it anyways. But it's just been a, a fun, fun bunch of time with that. I've been really good about not, I haven't been doing a ton of like, it's just been well-timed. Like he shows, he sees me putting in the work, but it's like, I feel like I haven't been working as hard as last year. It's like, Matt, it's just self-preservation, man. Don't do your best work. Well-timed appearances. house is good for you too. Yeah. Well-timed appearances and good energy, man. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. We're having good times over here. <laughs> Damn. You sound like me having sex. Well-timed appearance, good energy. (laughs) 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 All right. You good to go? Yep. All right. (laughs) I guess once again, it's about that time. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. All right, boys. We've been remote for a year now doing the podcast. Um, I think, you know, Obviously, I'm ready to get back in the studio. I think at that time, our intro has suffered a little bit. We used to have a really cool one. We'd get down, 
now, you know, we just kind of get rolling. So my question for you, cop topic this week, feel free to email us is what TV show has the most iconic intro slash opening? Immediately, I'll just leave you with this. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Wow, I really cannot sing. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so what are, the, what are some of the most iconic openings? Feel free to email us, literally the word email at the with two E's podcast.com. We should make that easier. I mean, I think the first one that comes to my mind is just Monday Night Football. Burn, 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 burn. You know what I mean? Like, dun, 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 yeah, right. Like, dun, even right now, like we're months away, but like you hear that and you're like, oh shit, this is a big one. It's on. Dun, 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 dun. Right, because we were talking about this months ago, right? Some people now will say Sunday night football music's kind of more important because it's like national game, where it's like you gotta have ESPN. But that one stands out. TV show. It's not my favorite TV show, but like the Friends theme is pretty iconic. Yeah, that's true. That Man. is very iconic. I like to define the late 90s. I would say just the first note of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, oh, good call. Just that first, whatever it is, keyboard, whatever from Jazzy Jeff's, Jeff, before we even get into the lyrics, it's on. And like, I've... I get annoyed when that I've seen that song come on at like bars or parties or whatever. And like, I get it. I love the show. I love the song and I get annoyed at how well people know it and how into it they get. Like that is beyond iconic status to me. And yeah. That's a very good call. I think one we kind of forget about, but remember how big the Sopranos song was? Oh yeah, dude. We've been watching it during quarantine. Woke up this morning, got yourself a gun. Yeah. yeah. Like same thing. Like like just... That song was huge too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Simpsons, another iconic one. Dun, 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 dun. You know? Yeah, it is. I just never watched it. I put family I guy up there. Yes. Yeah, I couldn't tell you the family guy one. More of a Simpsons guy. Man, I'll tell South you what. Park. That's a good question, though. It'd be fun to sit in a room of people like at a, what do you call them? Like when you're behind, like we would be behind the mirror so they couldn't see us and they have to like take the test. Oh, yeah, like a focus group? Yeah, a focus group. And just see which song like people would recognize like right away in the quickest. Dude, that would be interesting, man. Please I'd watch, bets. if somebody turned that, that three day long experiment into a YouTube video, I'd definitely watch it. YouTube yeah. keeps getting me, man. I keep getting sucked down these like 20 minute Dude, video holes. It's it's crazy. So wild. Okay, Matt, thank God you're on that too. Cause I'm just like, dude, I know you and I are like the prime demographic for YouTube, but it is shocking how good their algorithms getting. I'm losing a lot of time out of my day. Yeah. What got me earlier? I don't remember. Um, but yeah, it was, See, that's some... the craziest part. What yeah. did I even watch? Well, and it's like I was watching it... some family in Korea making donuts for an hour and a half. It's like, so versatile. It can be so uh, like intellectually stimulating or so dumb. That's what it was. It was people that tried out, uh, went to auditions to be on The Office, but didn't make it. But they had like Seth Rogen reading for Dwight and uh, yeah, Harold from Harold and Kumar reading for Jim and just like these random like other people 
reading, you know, lines from the first the pilot episode that most people like I remembered a lot of those lines. So but I've also listened to Dr. Michu Kaku talk about the universe and, you know, quantum physics for 20 minutes till I get confused and turn it off. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Just amazing time you. to be alive. Dude, what a time to be alive is right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, boys. Uh, all right. We We're out here training doctors on the podcast now. Just wanted to get that out there. English doctor. Not a big deal. English <laughs> No big deal. Yeah, the proper kind. Uh, like I said, we should be back next week unless, I don't know, unless I'm just sweating bullets because of the second dose. But either way, we'll be vaxxed up. I'll be vaxxed up. Yeah, we should be back. <laughs> Uh, other than that, I don't have anything big. Kyle, I do think tickets went on sale literally this morning for the Austin F1 race. Really? Yeah. And I, as we were talking yeah. about, I was like, I should have looked into that. Dude, uh, you know, there is also a, I mean, God, again, filed under stuff we could talk about off the podcast, but there is a um, Austin FC Sounders game coming up that your boy Joe expressed some interest in. So something to consider. Oh, trust me. I have many a Sounders friend that has been like, if I take a trip, it's going to be to Austin for Austin. I was like, dude, I the stadium is beautiful. I haven't been to go see it. I've just watched the YouTube video, but honestly, that looks like, I think it's going to be one of the best pitches in the U S I'm not just saying that it just looks really cool. How they designed it. Soccer only. Nice. God damn it. It looks like a really, really, it, it, if it has the intimacy of a high school stadium, but like the size of an MLS pitch looks good. Nice. All right, so yeah, we should be back next week. If not, you know why we're not. We'll be back the week after that. Uh, other than that, yeah, still doing home episodes. I don't know. Like I said, everybody just don't get too disappointed. Still going to be a summer of things we're missing out on, but uh, you'll be able to get outside, go to all the fucking picnics you want, and enjoy yourself, huh? All right, for, Cobb, for, for MCTP, for Cobb, I'm B. Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers.